I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's going on, folks? Curtis Wilkerson with hogsports.com here coming to you today with the season two debut of Hog Hoops Live. That's right. College basketball is back in full swing. <sighs> it's been a while, but we got a lot of things to talk about. The Razorbacks played their season opener last night against Mercer, picked up a big win. They play Gardner-Webb this weekend. We'll preview that. Wednesday was actually the first day of the week-long early signing period for men's basketball. Three of Arkansas's class of 22 commits put ink to paper. We're going to dive into all of that and, of course, get to your questions, so make sure you throw those in the chat. All that coming your way on Hog Hoops Live. All right, we're back. Man, it's been a while. I've been wanting to do this show for the longest, to be honest with you. It's been busy with football going on, basketball overlap. It's the best time of the year, it really is, but it's also, you know, the busiest for a guy like me. Before we get started, though, I, I do want to remind you, because, again, it, it's been a little bit since we've done this, all the ways that you can watch and listen. You can join us on Facebook Live. If you're tuned in now, that's exactly what you're doing. Be sure to give us a follow there. Um, also available on YouTube. Remember, Hog Hoops Live has its own YouTube channel. So make sure you find that. Go ahead and subscribe. Uh, in terms of podcasts, if you want to listen a little bit later, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, the podcast will be right there where you find Hog Sports Live every week. Honestly, if you're with me live today, and I appreciate it, I know it's kind of a weird time, I'll, I'll explain in a minute, uh, but you do need to take advantage. If you're not already subscribed to us at Hog Sports, I don't know what you're waiting on, okay, but you have an opportunity to take advantage of a promo that we're running right now. Okay, You can get your annual VIP membership with Hog Sports for 50% off. That's an insane value. Trey loves to do the math on this stuff. Okay, It breaks down to $1.03 per week, $4.48 per month, and just $53.70 per year. It's a pretty good deal, if you ask me. All you have to do is go to our website, hogsports.com, and you'll see this nifty graphic right here. Okay? Click on that right there from our homepage. Follow the instructions. You can get set up, but you got to act quick. Okay? If you're watching live, okay, if you're listening, it might be a little bit too late. Wednesday, today, this deal expires. One day only, 1059 Central. Okay, so do not wait. Make sure you subscribe. We'd love to have you. Get this thing out of the way here. There it goes. Okay. Again, a reminder, hey, get your, get your questions and comments in the chat. I realize that I'm coming to you at a weird time today. I was kind of concerned. I didn't know how many viewers we'd have just because it's kind of like drive time in the afternoon. Uh, reason being, it's been a busy day. It's been wild. We had three men's basketball signings this morning. We'll talk about that. We had a Sam Pittman press conference at 1 o'clock. And then we immediately had Eric Musselman for a press conference at 2 o'clock. So it's been a busy, busy day. If you're new to Hog Hoops Live, uh, you know that we run this show every week during basketball season following the midweek game. So Arkansas usually plays on Tuesday night. And we'll run the show on Wednesday. Usually it's, it's you know, 11 o'clock, noon, uh, you know, late morning window. That's when we'll usually do it. This day is kind of weird, a little bit of an exception, right? If you're wondering why you're seeing my face and not Trey's, no worries. He'll be back tomorrow on Thursday previewing what's a big football game at LSU. What a Saturday, by the way. You've got Arkansas basketball at home, and then you've got LSU. You know, you're, you're in Death Valley for the nightcap football. Man, be a good time. All right. Let's talk about this Mercer game last night. Opening night matchup. Nice crowd. Everybody's jazzed up, excited. 
put a little bit of a scare into Arkansas, didn't they? In the first half, at least. What do you think? Were you pleased? Were you concerned? You don't know how to feel? I've kind of been battling with that a little bit myself, to be honest with you. You know, in a lot of ways, this kind of reminded me of last year's team, just in the sense of the way they fell behind by double digits. But you always kind of felt like they were going to rally back. You know, it's kind of the vibe we got last year, especially in the postseason. It was crazy. They were down double digits to everybody they played. But they always made a run. And they did that again yesterday. I think that's just the way it's going to be for a little while. You're kind of waiting for them to crank up the intensity and things like that. But uh, just building chemistry. Just trying to build a little bit of chemistry. Guys trying to, to settle into their roles. It's a new group. They've been beat up with injuries. It's going to take a little bit of time. As long as you're winning games, who cares? <laughs> Am I right? I thought it was an interesting starting lineup. You know, you had uh, K.K. Robinson getting his first career start. I thought that was really cool to see. J.D. Note, Devo, uh, Audis, Tony, Stanley Amude. So a small ball lineup again. The first minutes or seven minutes or so I thought were pretty strong. You know, Arkansas got up to a 17 to 10 lead, and you're kind of thinking, all right, these guys are going to get it clicking. This is going to be a route, blowout. Wrong. <laughs> was absolutely wrong. Mercer finished the half on a 26 to 9 run, and they took an eight point lead into halftime in Bud Walton Arena. We saw some of the, the same issues, I think, that plagued this team at times during the preseason kind of creep back in a little bit. Offensively, the ball stopped moving. Players off the ball stopped moving, so things got a little bit stagnant, especially in the half court. I mean, people are going to complain, moan a little bit about J.D. Note's shot selection. We'll talk about him in a minute, but he was the only guy who could put the ball in the net for a while. You needed points from him. He provided them. Three-point defense, man. Mercer scored 22 of their first 23 points to start the game from three. I know if you're doing the math, that doesn't make sense, but they hit seven threes, and one of them was a four-point play on a foul. They're good, by the way. Mercer's good. You know, with that three-point defense, in fairness, some of that was on the scouting report. Uh, you know, you could live with a guy like James Glisson shooting threes. This is number 23 for Mercer. The guy had hit seven threes in 58 career games. He was a college basketball player. He was four or five. That's the kind of thing that, I mean, what are you going to do? At some point, adjust, maybe. But you have to live with those. They did a nice job of limiting Mercer's key players and Alvarez and the big man, Hase. They did a really nice job on them. Muscle's kind of freely subbing a little bit in the first half. He's trying all different kinds of combinations because they're still trying to figure out what works. Who plays the best together? What lineups have the best chemistry? Nothing was really working there for that stretch, kind of that last, you know, 10 minutes or so. But he said he's not going to do that anymore. I think he played nine guys in the first half. He said it, he said it was too many. He wasn't comfortable with that. I can't say I blame him. Second half, though, much, much better. It's, it's, it's such a cliche thing to say, but, you know, tell of two halves. Well, it kind of was. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in that locker room at halftime. You know, I mean, I'm sure Muscle's was not a happy camper, <laughs> to, to put it mildly. But whatever he said worked, though, because they were on a different level in the second half. They really were. Honestly, I thought they looked really, really good. They looked the part of that number 16 ranking in the preseason. Eight out, uh, an 8-0 run right out of the gates to tie it up. I mean, let, just less than a minute in. Uh, maybe it's a little over a minute, minute and a half. But they really got on a nice roll there, and they were turning defense to offense, which was huge. There's still some back and forth. I mean, it was a nobody got up by more than two possessions, I don't think, until the last five or six minutes. But Mercer's good. I think they could be – they don't have quite the star power of like an Oral Roberts, but they could be like the North Texas or Abilene Christian on, on this year's schedule, a team who you don't think a lot of right away. But then all of a sudden you get to March and they beat somebody, they upset somebody in the NCAA tournament. They're good. Very well coached. 
We know they can shoot it. Found that out the hard way. But hey, you know, I thought Arkansas was really swarming defensively, uh, getting out in transition. A few big donks that got the crowd going. Defense to offense is going to be so important while this team's trying to figure it out in the half court. Get everybody in the right spots, get everybody comfortable in their roles. Outscored Mercer by 21 in the second half. That's the single best half I think we've seen from Arkansas. The first half against North Texas was pretty good. But that second half to close the game like that against Mercer, I thought that was pretty solid work. Forced 18 total turnovers, 13 of them in the second half. Sparked that run. The Arkansas lost on the boards. Uh, they were minus 14 against North Texas. Nice bounce back. They were plus 13 against Mercer. And Mercer wasn't crashing the offensive glass that hard. They were worried about Arkansas in transition. So they weren't they weren't crashing the glass real hard. They were sprinting back on defense. But still, that's good. Plus 13. And Arkansas only allowed four offensive rebounds. 13 three-pointers allowed. That's uh, That's too many. That'll get you beat at some point. But at the end of the day, you think about it, Arkansas didn't really give up much else. You gave up 13 threes, but you held a good team, a good scoring team to 61 points, despite them shooting well, because you were creating havoc and forcing turnovers. And that's something this team can do. They've got a lot of guys who can create steals. Pretty cool, though, you know, like the official debut for so many of these guys. Aldis Tony, man. Wow, 18-11, and 11, double-double in his debut. He was an animal. His energy levels were at a different level in terms of the way he attacked the glass. He was just faster and more aggressive than everyone in there. Did a really nice job. It was kind of shades of Justin Smith the way he was attacking the glass, in my opinion. He looked good. Really efficient, 7 of 9 from the floor. Uh, and Musselman said after the game, like they weren't running plays for him. But he was cleaning up on the offensive glass and getting putbacks. And then he's really good at timing up. You know, if, if a guard drives, say likes or note turns the corner, he times up when to cut and where to cut and get the dump off and finish, finish around the rim. And honestly, there are elements to his game that we haven't seen yet. He's a guy that can catch and shoot and knock down the corner three. He's really athletic and, and dangerous in transition. They played him a lot as the, like a small ball power forward, like a four-man. It's a good look. I wouldn't be surprised to see him start there on Saturday. He has been starting at the three. J.D. Note, all right. <laughs> oh, man, you got to love J.D. You know, 30 points, that's a that's a uh, career high as a Razorback. I think he scored more than that uh, during his time at Jacksonville. Mostly scored as a hog. 11 of 26 shooting, 5 of 14 from three. I mean, <laughs> that's a lot of shots. But honestly, for, for anyone upset about his shot selection, um, well, you kind of got to get over it because you've got to look at the big picture. Two starters alongside him were held scoreless. One only had six points. So that's three-fifths of your starting lineup that didn't really produce anything offensively. You need somebody to score. He did it. They needed buckets. He went and got them. He also had seven steals. Imagine this time a year ago, me coming on this show and saying J.D. Note got seven steals. You guys would have me committed. But he did. He's come so far as a defender. Uh, his, his anticipation skills have gotten better. His on-ball defense has gotten better. And his attention to detail and understanding the scheme and the scouting reports so he can make reads and get out in the passing lanes, create deflections. He's a legit all-defensive SEC-type player. He really is, and I never would have thought I said that. Chris Likes, you know, 16 points off the bench. We talk about Note and the impact he's making as, as a starter. We know he was the sixth man of the year in the SEC last year. I almost wanted him to stay in that role because that's so hard to do. It's, it's a different mindset, you know? It's not easy to come off the bench and just be ready to go. Boom. Snap of the fingers. But Chris Likes, he's replacing that production off the bench. I, I thought he'd be a guy that would need to come in here and start. He, he's done that his whole career. 
Averaged 15 points per game in the ACC. But he's embraced this six-man role, and he gives Arkansas a jolt off the bench. It's like Note 2.0. And when those guys play together, it's hard to keep up with. I mean, your head, you're just back and forth because these guys are up and down the court. They're, they're chucking shots. They're both gunners. I know people are going to be pulling their hair out at times, but it's really fun to watch. You know, likes, he's so fast. That crossover dribble, he's he's literally going to break someone's ankles at some point this year. I don't know how a defender stays in front of that. He can finish in there a little bit, had a nice catch-and-shoot three. I, I, I really enjoy watching likes as an offensive player. Defensively, listen, he's he's really good on ball. I mean, he was picking up guards 94 feet all the way up the floor. He's got quick hands. He got some things he needs to work on. The three-point defense for him is complicated. He's a smaller guy, 5'7". That might be generous. So he's got to be over-aggressive at his size, closing out on the three-point line. And Arkansas is already an aggressive team on those closeouts. For him, he's got to be even more so because he's got to get in there and contest. He fouled a three-point shooter on a make. So those are some things he's got to work on. Nobody's perfect. And he's, I thought he did a really good job, though. He's been a good spark plug so far for this team. Jalen Williams, you know, he had a really rough first half, three turnovers. Uh, he was just out of sorts. He didn't get the start. He came in pretty early. You know, he had missed some time with those back spasms. But he came back in, and uh, he just looked a little rusty, a little winded. He's got to get his conditioning back. I was surprised to see that Eric Musselman actually started him in the second half. Went back to him, and it was like a night and day difference. He had three turnovers in the first half. He had, he wound up leading the team with five assists, which is, I guess, like both a good and bad thing if you think about it. But his passing ability, you can dump it in there to him on the block, look over his shoulder, he can hit cutters, he can skip out to open shooters, and he can handle the ball out there on the perimeter. It doesn't get stuck with him. Like you see when the offense gets a little bit stagnant at times, he whips that thing around, keeps the offense going in a flow. Uh, really good job. Arkansas is a better offensive team with him in there because they can keep a good rhythm. I'd like him to be a little bit more aggressive as a scorer, but defense, you know, he came in, he immediately took a charge. He blocked a couple shots there in the second half, cleaning up on the glass. Probably one of the best per 40-minute defensive rebounders uh, in the SEC at least. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He's starting on Saturday. Muslim said he didn't know who else was going to start, but Jalen Williams would. That's good. I think he's going to have a really nice year. Stanley Amude, the transfer from South Dakota, eh, he's been a little bit uneven. Six points, three boards. You're waiting for him to really get it going. This guy has scored 1,500 points. He scored 21 a game last year. He was top 10 in the country. I know it was at a smaller level, but to a degree, some of that translates, you know. Uh, really gifted scorer. He had some impressive dunks. He did a really nice job of beating his man back. He was a small ball center a lot of the time, 
So he'd sprint back, beat their big man, and get transition dunks. He's a high flyer, too. You can tell he's a guy that's, uh, you know, just really kind of settling into his role. He's still finding his way. He's been the primary option his entire career. And he can be one of the go-to guys on this team, but he's not going to be the only one. So a little bit of an adjustment period there. I think he's going to be fine. I really do. He, I think Arkansas needs him to be a double-digit scoring guy, and he can be. He needs to rebound a little bit better too, especially if he's going to be playing the four and the five. Devo had a weird game. I'm just kind of trickling down the, the box score a little bit. Devo had a weird game. You know, he absolutely locked down Alvarez, who's an all-league guard out of the SoCon. He's a good player. Uh, Devo put the clamps on him. And if you look at some of it, you know, he, he played 34 minutes. He was a plus 19. Arkansas was plus 19 when Devo was on the floor. So you think about that, and you're like, man, he had a great game. But then you look at the offensive statistics, zero points, zero shot attempts, and five turnovers. That ain't it, Devo. Come on, man. I never thought I'd see a game where he had five turnovers and didn't take a shot. So he's another guy. You know, we talk so much about the new guys who are coming in, uh, you know, trying to find their way, see where they fit with this team. The same can be said um, for the returners. Because while, the you know, the system's not new to them necessarily, uh, they're evolving into different roles than they were in last year. More is expected from Devo. He's trying to figure out, is he a point guard? Is he an off guard? What does he need to do? Does he need to attack the score? Is he facilitating the offense? He's probably got a lot going on in his mind right now, and he's overthinking. It's been two games in a row, this one, that North Texas exhibition, where he hasn't quite looked like himself offensively. Defensively, he's been great. Um, and and I, I, I'm not worried about him. He's going to bounce back. We all know that. Musselman actually said that he his thought process was he was going to put Devo back at point for this game on Saturday. So it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. they they got to figure some things out at the point guard position, which speaking of, we, we talked about KK getting the start. Um, you know, throughout like the red-white game and those two exhibitions, the offense flowed the best when KK Robinson was initiating it. It really did. Um, got the start and and didn't probably didn't make the most of the opportunity the way he had hoped. Arkansas was really crisp out of the gates. He never really got much going personally. Uh, I think he had two rebounds, no assists. He didn't make any mistakes. He wasn't turning it over and things like that. Uh, the threes that he took were a little bit rushed. One of them wasn't his fault. It was like at the end of the shot clock, you know. Um, but then things kind of got stagnant in there, uh, you know, and, and then after halftime, quite honestly, it, it kind of seemed like Musk said, hey, screw it, we're going to go with the bucket getters. I mean, he, he said, hey, you know, J.D., ball's in your hands, Haas, go, go get us a basket, and he did. Um, and, and Likes was involved in that, and they rolled with Devo because of the defense he was playing, so KK kind of fell off in the rotation there. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where he winds up there. Uh, Trey Wade, he only played seven minutes and struggled. It was weird. He went from the best plus-minus rating on the team against North Texas uh, to the worst in this game, he played seven minutes, and Arkansas was minus 12 with him on the floor. It's a little bit of a weird combination, I think, because he was playing with Jalen Williams, two of your forwards. I, I kind of thought he would be backing up Jalen Williams as kind of a small ball center. He looked he looked good doing that against North Texas. Of course, Jalen wasn't playing. Um, but I think just in terms of spacing and things like that, maybe that was a little weird and had something to do with it. But when Trey Wade's in there, you know, he's he is a – uh, a glue guy. He needs to be a stabilizer on the floor. He, he's a guy who can make an impact on the game without impacting the stat sheet. You need to have a better plus minus if that's the case. So I'll be anxious to see how his role evolves moving forward too. Interesting opening game. It really was. Gardner-Webb up next. Uh, sat, it's like, that game is on Saturday at 2 p.m. on SEC Network Plus. So you'll have time to watch. Get home, refuel the cooler, uh, you know, get lathered up, as Sam Pittman likes to say, and then get ready to watch the Razorbacks go down there and win an LSU. Great day. 
man. But for that Gardner-Webb game, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to guess they're going to go back uh, to the OG starting lineup. JD, Devo, Tony, Amude, Williams. The the change maybe I could see is if they um, maybe bring Amude off the bench, slide Tony down to that small ball power forward, and, and play three guards for a while. Maybe they throw likes in there and see what happens. I don't think Gardner-Webb's a uh, very big team in the backcourt, at least. We really don't know a whole lot about them. Uh, Gardner-Webb, they actually open up tonight, Wednesday night, against UNLV. It's a late game. Uh, and, you know, we did get to talk to Muss a little bit about them <laughs> today. And literally, in, I mean, this tell me if this is not peak Eric Musselman fashion. He informed us that he will be attending the Snoop Dogg concert tonight in Fayetteville. And then when he gets back home, he'll begin his film prep on Gardner-Webb. Sometime after midnight. I love that man. Coach Muss at a Snoop Dogg concert. I wish I could go with him. There were, you know, he had some notes on Gardner-Webb. This is one of those teams where they're, they're projecting is going to be uh, maybe one they can finish at the top of their conference, the Big South. They were okay last year. I think they finished 10-10 and 10 in their league. Um, you look at their preseason projections, they're picked third in the conference. They got a lot of guys coming back. A lot of starters back. I think they have nine returners, so there's a lot of continuity there. Um, you know, just looking at some of the score predictions, Kim Palm has Arkansas picked to win 86 to 64. Torvik has them picked to win 80 to 64. So probably a team that's in the same realm as Mercer. I don't think Gardner Webb is as good as Mercer is. I don't. Uh, you know, obviously. Things could change based on how this UNLV game goes, but you know I think Musselman's initial impressions, they've got three guards who can really shoot it, and they've got like a trio of front court players, big guys who are, who are really good shot blockers that don't stretch the floor as much. So kind of I guess it sounds like maybe more of a traditional type of lineup. So see, should be fun. After that, next week they've got Northern Iowa coming to town. That's going to be a tough one. Northern Iowa is a, a really good mid-major out of the Missouri Valley. I think they're the best team in that league. They've got the conference player of the year back. Um, always well coached. That, you've heard that name before because they go to the NCAA tournament and beat people. I think that'll be a really good test before, uh, before that Hall of Fame Classic in Kansas City where you get Kansas State and then hopefully uh, a shot at you know a top 10 team in Illinois. All right, recruiting. Let's talk a little recruiting. The early signing period, it did begin today, Wednesday. It's a week-long period. It runs through next Wednesday. Of course, you know, Arkansas's 2022 class, man, it's loaded. Currently ranks number two in the nation behind Duke. Obviously, that has them sitting at the top of the SEC. you love to see it. I mean, this has got a chance to be the highest-ranked class for Arkansas in the modern rankings era. So if I hop on and look at all the rankings on 24-7 sports, um, I can go back, I think, to like 2003. So pretty good. Five top 100 prospects committed to Arkansas in the 24-7 sports composite rankings. That's, that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. Three of those five wasted no time. The very first day of this early signing period put ink on paper, signed their letter of intent today. The first one was Barry Dunning, uh, bright and early. It's like 8.30, 9 o'clock this morning. Uh, I, I like Dunning. You know, he's, he's a four-star prospect, number 91 overall player in the 2022 class, 6'6 uh, forward. He's, he's out of McGill Toonland High School in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, this is the reigning Gatorade Alabama Player of the Year. They don't just hand that award out. Hey, this guy can play. He visited in early June, uh, kind of right after the period, the, the dead period was lifted, and you can get visitors back on campus that started on June 1st. I think he arrived on June 2nd. And what I thought was really cool about that visit, and the reason I had a really good feeling about Barry Dunning, was because after their visit ended, he and his family stayed in Fayetteville. They stayed in Fayetteville, they bought tickets, and they went to Arkansas's regional baseball game against NJIT. That's where I actually first met him in person. 
he committed on Ju- back on July 5th. Uh, other schools in running, Memphis, Ole Miss, South Alabama, the hometown school there in Mobile. Uh, but he fits the mold. You know, he's he's 6'6", he's a long, mobile guy. I think he projects as a really good defender at the college level, somebody that can switch and guard multiple positions. He runs the floor well. I like his mid-range. He can step out and knock down the three. He needs to do it more consistently. In fairness, he can put it on the deck a little bit, drive it on forwards. He's kind of a stat sheet stuffer, to be honest. A guy who averaged a double-double. Great kid. He's going to be a fan favorite, I'm telling you. A glue guy. I think he could be somebody that could could come in and develop along the lines of like a Trey Wade, what Arkansas has in him now. About a half hour later after that, Jordan Walsh, my man. It, listen, <laughs> if, if you've been subscribed to hogsports.com and you've been on the Razor's Edge message boards for the last year, you would know that I'm the president of the Jordan Walsh fan club. Love watching this kid play. Love his game. When he was rated outside of the top 100, I was telling everybody he's a five-star prospect. Well, now he is. I guess they listen. No, those national analysts are awesome. I, I just saw something that I really liked in him. I'm glad he's getting the accolades for the work he's put in and the production that he's had. He's a really, really talented player. Uh, Walsh signed, uh, I guess it was about 930 on Wednesday morning. This is Musselman's first five-star signee at Arkansas. That's a big deal. The number 27 overall prospect in the country. He's a, he's a Cedar Hill, Texas native, but he's playing his senior season with an absolutely loaded Link Academy squad right up the road in Branson. Did you guys know Branson had one of the best high school, prep school basketball teams in the country? They are unreal. He had a signing ceremony today at Link, it was it was there were six of them, him and five of his teammates. You got him going to Arkansas. You got a guy going to Michigan. A guy going to Ohio State. It's nuts. These guys are loaded. Kind of reminds me of that Montverde team that Moses Moody played on. It's ridiculous. But a big time player. You know, he's he's six seven. He's got a seven three wingspan, which is insane. He's one of the most explosive athletes in his class. He's a big time high flyer. He's going to be a Sports Center top ten kind of guy in Bud Walton Arena, and that's something that Musselman mentioned about him today. I asked him about Jordan Walsh, and he just said, look, you know, of all the players that I got to go out and physically see this summer, he was my favorite to watch. He, he brings entertainment value, and, he, and he's obviously a great player. He can play literally the one through the four. He needs to tighten up his handle a little bit, but he can put it on the deck, especially getting out leading the break in transition. Must call him a grab-and-go guy. He can get the rebound and just lead the break. Alley-oops. He'll dunk on people's heads. Putbacks. Really nice player. And he can shoot it from the perimeter, too. Again, it's about consistency with him, as it is with a lot of freshmen. So he's kind of streaky, I think, from three right now. But not just catch and shoot as a pick-and-pop guy. Like He can pull up off the dribble and nail it on somebody. So, I mean, he's a legit... Five-star prospect, really good potential defensively. I mean, seven-foot-three wingspan, as athletic as he is, what do you expect? Fans are going to love watching him play. And then over the lunch hour, uh, Arkansas got its its third signee, it was, but it was the first commitment from the class, who was finally able to make it official. Joseph Pinion out of Moralton signed his letter of intent. You know, it's been over a year since Joseph Pinion committed to Arkansas. It was in October of 2020. I think that's really cool. I, I think you need that in your program. Someone that's that committed to stick with it this entire time. You know, he's been a regular at events on campus with his family, football games, basketball games, whatever. He's helped recruit the guys who are in this class now alongside him. Oh, and by the way, pretty darn good basketball player. Another four-star Top 100 wing, uh, you know, 6'6". Six, six. There's a common theme there, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, Muscleman likes that size, that range. So guys can be versatile, multi-positional. You know, Joseph could play the two. He could play the three. You could even shift him down at times, especially as he starts to add a little bit of bulk to his frame and he's got room to do it. You can push him down to the four and have him be a stretch guy. You know, I think Joseph has a really high ceiling. He, he's he got good size. Uh, 
he's sneaky athletic. You look at him and you're like, eh, this guy's a shooter. He looks the part. He looks like Kyle Korver out there. But he'll rise up and dunk on you. He's He is sneaky bouncy, which I love. Very smart player. High IQ, underrated passer in my opinion. Um, and then obviously, you know, he is a knockdown shooter. I love his consistency. You know, whether it's a, a kickout opportunity, running off of the screen, uh, pulling up off the dribble, his form never changes. His footwork never changes. Consistent. And he elevates on his shot. So you're six six, and you can elevate. That means you can knock down contested threes. Going to be a good floor spacer for Arkansas. And you know that that's three of the guys. Obviously, there's five. Um, four star, number fifty five overall prospect Darian Ford. That's a, that's the six four combo guard out of Magnolia. He set to sign Sunday afternoon. Already set it up, time date, good to go. Uh, and then obviously five star, you know, top ten in state Nick Smith Jr. Still TBD. You know, I've heard a couple reports that that he might wait until the spring to sign. Um, I, I've been told that you know the signing period it's kind of still under con, you know consideration. They have they're not completely sure if they're going to do it um, now or do it later in April, but. Um, you know, the, that period has started now, that week-long period, and there's no plans that have been announced. So it, I, I think the further along it goes, the lower the chances are that he signs early. I could very well be wrong. I don't know, but, I mean, just math at that point. Um, you know, I certainly hope it happens early. I, I'm of the belief that, you know, if, if you're committed um, and you're all in, there's more value just signing early and being done with it. Uh but there's so many logistical factors at play, and I think that's what people have to understand here. Um, you know, does it leave the door, you know, I think the door is shut, but does it leave it unlocked to the point where you, you need to still be recruiting him if you're Arkansas until the late period? Yeah. I think you do that anyway to show your, you know, show your committing you know, your commitment class love, but, uh, you know, might have to put a, a heavier emphasis on it if he, if he waits. Quite honestly... I think it's important, you know, for Arkansas to get it done just because you don't want that scholarship in flux uh, in those immediate weeks, days and weeks following the season when the transfer portal is its hottest. Right? You get Nick Smith, you take Nick Smith 100 times out of 100, uh, but you, you don't want to go into the transfer portal season going, do I have two scholarships or three? You know, what what's going on here? Uh, so there are some benefits to getting it done, but again, a lot of it can be logistics, you know. I've heard some people say that, you know, he wants to have, you know, make sure he can get all his friends and family um, and have a signing ceremony. It's a big deal for these kids. You know, it really is. So could there be something to that? Sure. Why not? Uh, you know, at the same time, what you have to think about with him is I would imagine most of his focus over the last few weeks, has been with his eligibility situation at North Little Rock. He didn't even know if he was going to be able to play his senior season of high school ball in North Little Rock, if he was going to have to go find a prep school or whatever. That would take up a lot of my time. So some things to consider there. Obviously, ideally, Arkansas will get it done now. If you have to wait till the spring, that's okay. Guess what? Moses Moody... K.K. Robinson, Jalen Williams, all signed in the late period. Hey, he's committed to the Hogs. All is well. All right. Let's see if we got any questions. Looks like we have a few comments, questions in here. Let's see. I'm glad a decent amount of people joined. Like I said, I know it's kind of weird. People are probably driving home or getting ready for dinner or whatever. Let's see what we got. Isaac Riley says, yes, I get to watch the Hog Hoops live. Woo Pig Suey. Thank you. I appreciate you joining. I really do. I've missed doing this. Had every intention of doing a season preview and got too busy. Excuses, you know? What's wrong with me? Keith Bolger says, need some big man depth. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, it seems like Connor Vanover might be on the outside looking in with the rotation, so that leaves you really... Or, or maybe he's a little banged up. I know he had some knee trouble going on, but for the moment, it leaves you with Jalen Williams, you know, your center at 6'10". After that, it's a lot of small ball. 
I mean, Trey Wade's a big physical dude. He's only 6'6". Kamani Johnson, same idea. He's only 6'7". They started Stanley Mude at the small ball center spot at 6'6", twice. He's really a guard or a big wing. So I agree. I, I, I was honestly kind of surprised that they went into the regular season with a scholarship open rather than filling it with a little bit more depth. But at the same time, Musselman's best teams have all been a little bit undersized because he loves to switch everything defensively. You know, that, that team at Nevada that made the Sweet 16 run, they were all 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, switching everything, running the floor. So it'll be an exciting team to watch. George Homer says, Curtis, when did you buzz all the hair off? I literally did it yesterday morning. I did. You know, I've had I've had a short cut for as long as I can remember because I, I just cut my own. I don't, I don't spend money to have anybody else do it because I know you get it styled or whatever. I wouldn't keep up with that. Put gel in front of me. I'm not going to be able to do anything with that. And I hate bedhead. It's something that drives me absolutely nuts. So I'll let it grow out a little bit until I wake up one morning and I got the cattails or whatever you call them, calyx, I don't know, depends on where you're from, what you call them, but uh, when I get that, I know it's time to cut it, so opening night for college basketball yesterday, I had to smooth it off. I don't want to go completely bald, though. Adrian Jones says, it's just like last year, they'll get used to playing together. I agree. There were some growing pains last year, too. You know, people think you can't compare first games. Mercer is on a completely different level than Mississippi Valley State, who Arkansas beat by 80 in that first game last season, if you guys remember that. But, yeah, they were challenged. Oral Roberts came in, in and challenged them. North Texas came in and challenged them. Uh, you know, that Abilene Christian team, I think they were down to UCA by 10 at one point in the first half. So uh, they were definitely challenged. It takes some time to get gelled. Isaac Riley says, Muscle will get this team figured out. Yeah, he will. And, you know, I think that's one thing to remember. Eric Musselman, as a college coach at all his stops, has never won fewer than 20 games. That, that, that's a stat that stands out to me. You think about the team that he had his first year here. I think they had, what, nine, maybe ten actually scholarship players. So it's already thin. They didn't have any big guys. They were starting Adriel Bailey at center. He was brand new to the team. He didn't recruit any of them. He brought in Jimmy Witt, Gene Talsilla, you know. Um, he won 20 games with that team. And don't get me wrong, the SEC is a different animal, I think, this year because people are seeing what Musselman does in the transfer portal. And you look around the SEC now, and a lot of these teams are starting to load up in the portal too. But this is also Musselman's most talented team. Will it be his best team? We'll see. Because there's something to be said for the type of magic that last year's group had chemistry-wise. They played for each other. They were in sync. It takes time to develop that. But if this team, this group of players, gets that type of chemistry, we'll understand real quick while they're a top 15, top 20 type team. Very much capable of doing damage again. Michelle Rava, the fiancé in the other room, said, I was nervous at first but knew they would come back. I mean, honestly, why would you doubt it at this point? D to me, um, you know, after everything we've seen in probably the last, what, 15 Arkansas basketball games dating back to last year, if Arkansas doesn't get down by double digits, then I'm concerned. Like, they, just, they just dig holes. And then maybe they adjust to the scouting report or, or whatever it may be or just need a little extra – pep in their step. I, I don't know. I can't explain it. I don't think he can either. Ideally, you just come out and steamroll people, but it's almost become the Arkansas way to get down and then rally. And, and it was a comfortable win. Joey Moses says, Mercer will prove they are a lot better than people give them credit for. Uh, they prove they can shoot the ball. What happened to Vanover? Yeah, like I, like I was saying earlier, I do think Mercer's pretty good. Um, you know, they've got, they've got two stars in their league, a guard and a big man. It's a good start. And they got some really nice pieces around them who clearly can shoot. <laughs> and, um, you know, 13 threes last night. And to come into an environment like Bud Walton Arena on opening night and hang tough like they did, I, I'm going to have my eyes on them. I think they're going to have a pretty good year. Uh, with Vanover, I'm not sure. You know, he he did 
was dealing with just kind of a, a bothersome knee, a sore knee. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's moved past that. I, I think, you know, just with the makeup of this Arkansas team right now, uh, they need guys who can move a little bit better, who are, who are switchable, um, can run the floor, defend a little bit better in the middle pick and roll, which a, a lot of teams are hitting with those ball screens, um, get out and, and defend and contest on the three-point line, something they're struggling with, but it's an emphasis. Uh, and, and with Connor right now, um, it's just not his strong suit. And so I'm sure that he's going to get his opportunities to go in there, especially and maybe it's against Gardner-Webb if this team does have um, – you know, the more traditional centers, the back-to-the-basket guys, because, man, if he can hang out, you know, block-to-block for the most part uh, and just really protect the rim and defend the paint and then and then go down and, and bang a couple threes on the other end, he brings real value. So I hope he gets his opportunities. But when you have other guys, uh, you know, now, like last year it was you either move Justin Smith to the, the center spot um, – or Ethan Henderson comes in, you know, until Jalen Williams kind of assumed that role and, and grew as a freshman. Now you've got a Kamani Johnson, you've got a Trey Wade. They'll go small uh, with Stanley Amude. So it kind of makes the pecking order a little bit different for him. Tim Lawson says, Mercer is a very good basketball team. Yes, they are. Joey Moses says, thought for a while we really missed Smith, uh, which we did, but Tony is a player. He really is. Yeah, last night... Uh, Aldisi Tony was it was like a vintage Justin Smith performance the way he played I I would while he's capable of that and I think he's going to be a really good rebounder for this team I think he's more I don't think he's as quite as good of a defender as Justin Smith was um, or rebounder I know it sounds crazy after the way he's been rebounding it but he's definitely more of a perimeter threat and I think that's what separates him you didn't really want to put Justin Smith um, on the wing as a three he was a power forward and a small ball center. Tony um, is is more of a 3-4 kind of guy, which I think makes him so valuable because he brings that toughness and athleticism on the glass and inside, but he can also help with floor spacing, knock down some shots, defend on the perimeter. Uh, I'm really anxious to see uh, how things shake out for him. Right now, Arkansas is leaning on him heavily, and I like I said, I don't think he's hit his stride yet fully. Really nice piece for Arkansas. Gil McGarity, what's up, Gil? Says you learn more from a close game. At least it's a win. Agreed. Agreed. There can be lessons learned um, in a win as well. And, you know, I, I think in this game it's pretty much as simple as just showing them the first half and then showing them the second half. These are the extremes of what you're capable of if you're Arkansas. It was almost like a like a collective exhale when they came back out in the second half, you know, they were down by eight. They went on that 8-0 run. Uh, Stanley Mude got the dunk. Note got a steal, found a Mude for a layup that tied it. And then the roof went off the building. Muss was going nuts as Mercer called a timeout. It was like, oh, man, I've been waiting to see this for like three weeks now. It was good. Tim Lawson says, I'm concerned about Devo Davis. He did big things on defense with zero offensive production. Yeah, it was just a little weird. Um, hey, you know, as long as he's locking down the other team's best player, obviously you need someone who's in there to do that. Um, and so that's good. But, yeah, I don't – you know, I know some people are thinking that, that Devo is going to all of a sudden, you know, lead the team in scoring and, and 16 points per game and all this and that. Arkansas doesn't need that from him, you know, but uh, they need him to do what he does well, which is be slippery – kind of slither his way in the defense, you know, finish with that left hand, knock down those mid-range jumpers, and just play with uh, that controlled chaos that he has. Um, it was it, it struck me that he didn't take a shot. It really did. I know you could look at it both ways. You could say, well, J.D. Note took all the shots, um, or did he have to because other guys weren't comfortable or weren't feeling it? Um, I don't know. I don't know, but he looked really good in the first exhibition. The last two, he's been a little bit shaky offensively. Uh, probably, you know, like everybody else, just trying to figure out where exactly he fits and, and, and what spots are his to take. Sounds like he's going to be back at point guard on Saturday. He's going to bounce back. He will. Shane Hanna says, Tony and Likes are big time. Yeah, I like those two guys. ACC is a good basketball league. 
when you bring guys in from that conference who have been, you know, career starters, they're going to be able to help you in the SEC. Joey Moses says, Davis played very bad. Hope he gets it figured out uh, much better if, if he plays better. Yeah. Yeah, they, they need Debo to be good for this team to reach their potential for sure. You know, if you have just those dynamic scores and note and likes, in theory, that would take pressure off of Devo, right? And, and kind of give him the freedom to attack even more because so much emphasis has to be put on those two guys. Christian Hansen says, lots of experience and talent. Muscle get them in line by SEC play. They'll just get better and better from there. Three-point defense will come along also. Better to force threes than to give layups and dunks. It's true. Likes Note and Devo will end up being one of the best backcourts in the SEC, if not the NCAA. I also think KK will shine this season. Tony is a rebound and putback machine. Amude will also come around. Dude is a baller. I have faith in this roster and must woo pig suey. I agree with a lot of that. Yeah, I think the three-point defense is going to be okay. I thought... There were definitely some breakdowns there, but again, uh, guys that, that you normally wouldn't expect to shoot threes, much less make them, were making them, and they made some tough ones as well. Arkansas defends the three a little bit different than a lot of other teams. They, they do that Pat Riley style. Uh, that takes a while for guys who've been doing it differently their entire career to get used to. They'll adjust. This should be a really good perimeter defense team. They're, they're already generating a ton of steals. ton of steals. So they can really lock down that three-point line as well. I think this could be a really good, I think defense could be a strength for this team. Offense should be. They've got so much firepower, you would have expected them to hit 80 in a game by now, but they haven't. Uh, at some point, when this thing gets clicking, it should be a really difficult team to guard. Joey Moses said, for playing hurt, big number 10 played his butt off. Yeah, he had a, he had a great second half. He really did. You could tell he's he's a little he was winded. Um, I think maybe the back was a little bit sore on him. He was kind of getting beat up on. He took a hard fall at one point, came out for a little bit, and and then they put him back in. But um, you know, I think he wound up playing nearly thirty minutes, which is that's a lot. I mean, he only averaged fifteen per game last year, so uh, they're going to need him to give him a good twenty five plus. I think. Um, especially if you don't know what you're going to get out of Vanover. So I thought that was a good sign. I'm glad he's starting on Saturday. I think he's a difference maker. Zach Van says, I think we'll see wins early on, but they won't always be pretty as the players start to establish their roles on the team. That's what the non-conference schedule is for. Hopefully we're sorted and ready to roll by conference play. I trust Musk to get them there. Yeah, and and there's a lot of truth to that. At the same time, though, I will say, uh, this ain't last year's conference schedule, you know. Um, you've got some of those gimmies. you got a lot of home games. But, I mean, we're less than two weeks out, I guess, from that Hall of Fame Classic in Kansas City. You're playing a Big 12 team in Kansas State, uh, and then you're probably looking at a, a potential Final Four contender in Illinois. You, you probably want to have it figured out by then. Um, also get, you know, a neutral side against Oklahoma, don't sleep on that Northern Iowa game next week either. So hopefully they figure it out pretty quick. But I agree, that is what non-conference is for because at the end of the day, it's those SEC games and those standings that are going to matter. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of deal. Alex Parker says, why didn't Jackson Robinson get any run? I don't know. I think he's gotten his opportunities um, you know, early in exhibition play and, and, and hasn't really done a lot with it. Um, hey, if you're a knockdown shooter and, and you get in there and take shots, you got to make them uh, for one. But, I mean, he's got a ton of potential. I think this is a guy that's going to really blossom next year. Uh, but there could be a role for him this season if he can start to consistently knock down those threes because if you look at this team, uh, they need catch-and-shoot three-point guys. No take can hit them. Likes can hit them. But those guys are better, better turning the corner uh, with a head, of, a head of steam off of a ball screen. And you saw it yesterday at one time. Note did that, turned the corner on a ball screen, and then he had Likes standing in the corner, kick out, knock down three. The floor was spaced. You got those guys attacking. If you have somebody on the other side who's a, a knockdown threat, and, and Jackson Robinson, in my opinion, is, is probably the, the best that they have, 
to that regard, uh, that's how you develop your role. If you do something really well, do it well when you get your opportunities. The rest will come. He's got potential as a defender uh, and, and you know can become better putting it on the floor and things like that. But if you're a knockdown shooter right now, make that your role. Make it your niche. Keith Boulder says, Jalen Williams is a player. I agree. Christian Hansen, Note's defense has gotten insanely better in every aspect. Yeah, we talked about that. It really has. He's come a long way. Andrew Douglas Aford says, I love the way we have the ability to just turn up the defensive pressure when we need to. Happened last season and it seems to continue. Yeah, I mean, it's almost smothering at times. You know, it's like it's like the opponent can't even dribble. They come across half court and there's just nowhere to go. Uh, and Arkansas has that ability to make teams very uncomfortable. Take them out of what they're trying to do. So if they can do that consistently, and I think they have the depth to be able to sustain that type of energy, they could force a lot of turnovers. John Dexter says, basketball is back, and Curtis Wilkerson's expert analysis is back too. I appreciate that. I try. I'm sure I'll make a fool myself at some point with some, some bold hot take, but I appreciate it. Claiborne G. Reed says, what's up with Mr. 7-3? Will he play much of a role this year? Yeah, we, we talked about that. He'll get an opportunity here, and, and just like we talked about with Jackson, when he gets it, he's got to take advantage of it. you got to build momentum so it can snowball for you. Zach Van says, Musselman's stepping on your show with his Instagram live video introducing new signees. I'll talk to him about that. You know, me and Muss aren't in midseason form yet either. Got to get our chemistry together. Unreal. Oh, that's okay. Christian Hansen says, I think Vanover literally can't move fast enough to get real playing time with all the speed on our roster compared to when he came to the U of A. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. <laughs> Must be <laughs> Trey said. Literally, have never heard of it called a cattail. I don't know why I said that. Calic, calic, calic. Is that what it is? <laughs> he said. But then again, what do I know about hair? <laughs> oh, cattail. My bad. <laughs> Dave Valentine's as man likes looks like he will be fun to watch this year. Agreed. More people making fun of me about cattails. Well, I'm going to have to Google it. Brandon Holly says, Mude is the next Mason Jones. Man, he, he, he could be similar to that. He's got some of those point-forward characteristics. He's just got to settle in a little bit. A couple more here. Uh, we got Rocky Carter says, My main concern was our three-point defense. That was one of the first things he addressed after the game. He'll get it fixed. He specifically pointed out the new guys being a reason why. Yeah, like I said, it's it's kind of it's it's different. It's a little bit unorthodox the way they do it. They really, you think about closing out and just chopping your feet with high hands, and they really they'll leave their feet to contest. Uh, and there's a science to it because you don't want to foul. Um, so it, it does. It definitely takes some getting used to. Casey Bundy says, "Will Kentucky basketball look for a new coach if Kentucky struggles the rest of this year?" As always, Woo Pig Suey. Um, man, they are coming off a tough season. But the thing about that is, is didn't Cal just get that lifetime contract? I think if they if they fire him any time before like 2025, they owe him a ton of money. Dude's not going anywhere until he wants to. Unfortunately. Les Reisner says, so much talent, kids may be trying too hard to impress, which takes away from teamwork. It'll come. Yeah, I agree. When you're not really sure, you know, of, of your role and things like that, when when the game tightens up a little bit, players tighten up, and and the natural instinct for these guys is, oh, I have to make a play, and so then it becomes a little bit of one on one, uh, gets a little stagnant. It, yeah, it's it's all part of the process. Little growing pains, they'll be fine. All right. Whew, almost an hour. I think we covered it all, though. Probably probably a good time to wrap her up. Another reminder, though, uh, if, again, if you're not already subscribed to hogsports.com, take advantage of this 50% off VIP membership promo. It's a really good deal. It, it ends tonight, Wednesday, um, if you're listening a little bit later. ends Wednesday at 10.59 Central Time. 
Uh, hop on our website, hogsports.com. You will see that logo right there on our front page. Click it, follow the instructions, get signed up. We'd love to have you. Join the family. Okay. Big weekend ahead for Arkansas sports. Got to love the Saturday. Arkansas and Gardner-Webb basketball, 2 o'clock. Football in Death Valley for the nightcap. Doesn't get any better than that. Love it. We'll be back with Hog Hoops Live next week uh, following that Northern Iowa game. To recap all the latest, we'll get prepped for that big Hall of Fame classic. Uh, it's a big-time event for the Razorbacks. Looking forward to it. All right. Appreciate everybody that joined today. I know it was a weird time. Usually it will be late morning. Uh, we'll get back in rhythm. We're not in midseason form yet either, are we? All right, folks. Until next time, appreciate it as always. This has been Curtis Wilkerson with Hogsports.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.